Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why are so many paranormal events taking place in central Connecticut? How can you tell what events are part of a paranormal flap and which ones are not? How do you investigate something of this scope? Greetings and welcome to uh, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on our 574th edition. I am Ben, and those very large questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. This evening we bring you a wider perspective on an ongoing case we've mentioned before many times with two eminent people who have joined our search for answers. And uh, we welcome your calls this evening. The numbers are 800-449-1240. That's from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. Or 401-766-1240. That is locally. Also, we will monitor emails. Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com is where you're going to want to email your questions to. William J. Hall is author of the best-selling The World's Most Haunted House, The True Story of the Bridgeport Poltergeist on Lindley Street, published in August by New Page Books. Last June, Ben and I brought him, brought him and astronomer Mark D'Antonio in on the ever-expanding Litchfield County, Connecticut case. And faster than a squirrel at a dog show, Bill decided to write a book on the case. A new page will release it, The Haunted House Diaries, this August. Bill lives in Connecticut. Shane Searway is one of the few credible independent paranormal investigators out there and one of the few with whom Ben and I will work. Shane and I have consulted off and on for the past 17 years or so, and Shane has joined the Connecticut investigation recently. Shane is from the great state of New Hampshire. So Bill and Shane, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal, and thanks for dodging all the blizzards and uh, not dying on your way here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we had the, the actual yeah, sunny day for, here in the winter for a change, back. yeah. So, so, Bill, you're writing, uh, or you're, you're the one writing the book, so why don't you uh, start off with the background on this case? Well, um, in uh, Litchfield Hills, Connecticut, there is an area um, where there definitely is there's a paranormal flat uh, flap. Um, matter of fact, Paul and Ben, you guys refer to it as paranormal crossroads or paranormal cir- circus. I, I always like that term. That was <laughs> that was neat. Uh, where there's a lo- just a long history going back, uh, basically hundreds of years of things happening in that area. Um, some of which is uh, very well known, like Dudley Town is relatively close uh, to that area. Uh, but there's uh, UFO activity, there's uh, abduction, missing time, there's uh, cryptids, a lot of Bigfoot sightings. Actually, that since ancient times in the bottom of Mohawk Mountain, um, there's been uh, uh, Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings and things of that nature. And um, there is a farmhouse uh, built in the 1700s uh, that appears to be at the epicenter of this, and um, and the couple, the lady of the house, has been uh, keeping a diary of the events that have occurred since uh, for a little over five decades, and uh, that's the main story of the book. And then we'll also uh, be exploring other things that uh, have been happening in the area, including other haunted houses and. Uh, uh, the famous Yankee Peddler Inn and uh, and uh, other things uh, happening in that area. Oh yeah, we actually stayed at the Yankee Peddler. We stayed at the Yankee we Peddler. We, we were laughing because uh, the, they had just made a movie there about some haunted hotel. Oh yeah, they did use and, that. Uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, but we we you know found it was <laughs> it was unusual but pleasant. You know. It was very very odd. We were across um, where our room was. There was there were windows and across from our room there was a very 
odd building. We couldn't figure out what it was, but it was like a, just a room just full of stuff, and there was an, a gargoyle statue just in the window, like it, like pointing in our direction. It was like it was staring at us. My brother and I just couldn't stop laughing about that. I don't know why it was so funny. Well, we didn't think it was part of the flap. So no, you know. no, we didn't. Yeah. That is yeah. that is just yeah. a complete a complete. Uh, side note, I suppose. So, Shane, when did you come in on this? When would it be? Um, was it the first week of January, or was it? So very recently. Yeah, yeah. very yeah, recent. Yeah, yeah. Very recent. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, you and I, Paul and, and Ben, we've had discussions about it for a while, and then um, and then we all met Bill, and he decided to write a book on it, so we discussed it a little bit, and, and I was fortunate enough to, to be invited down and I, I mean, I couldn't wait because um, just hearing the excitement and you know your voice and Ben's Ben's voice talking about it, and then once Bill got involved and and just seeing the excitement, I'm like, this is it sounds like a dream come true for people like us. So, <laughs> and then uh, sure enough, I, I I think it is, you know. So. Well, the interesting. So, so when you're writing this book, uh, the Haunted House Diaries. How are you approaching this? Uh, well, I'll tell you. Well, actually, I'll be perfectly honest. When, when you said you were going to write a book, and I said, you know, faster than a speeding bullet here, uh, I said, you know, Bill, I don't know if this case is ready for prime time. Now, it's not like we own the case or anything, but, you know, we, we have a, a certain pattern, and we were looking at the, because beyond the initial house. I think it's more that it's every time we go there, something new happens, or there's yeah. some other crazy phenomenon oh, yeah. that starts. So it's, yeah. it's like you open one door, and then five million other doors open. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we said, you know, uh, not sure it's ready for prime time, but your approach is going to be starting with the diary of the owner of the original house who contacted us. She contacted us in 2005 after reading my book, Footsteps in the Attic, and said, well, th- this multiverse thing, this parallel worlds thing, you know, as opposed to spirits of dead people, is, is the only explanation that she could think of, or the best one anyway, for the, the uh, variety and seemingly unrelated nature of a lot of the things that were going on in this house in her life for the past 62 years. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> well, how are you going to approach that? Yeah, in, the way I went about it was... Uh, I was interviewing the uh, family members uh, as well as uh, some of the neighbors. But for the diary, interviewing the family members because it was written by uh, Donna, the lady of the house. And uh, I wanted to get all the perspectives because it did involve other family members, sometimes additional uh, areas and other times just fleshing out areas that were explained by her that maybe her daughter had other information on it or other details that she didn't put into that diary entry, for example. And so after all those interviews, I ended up um, uh, rewriting those entries to, to make them uh, more full with those uh, recoll- recollections uh, from the family. And that's the approach that I took uh, for the diary part. And then... <clears throat> Uh, there are some other chapters based on uh, other things going on in the flap, like uh, the Bigfoot sightings, which are pretty prevalent there. Um, uh, one's a very famous one that uh, a horse ended up dying afterwards. It's been you know written yeah. about. Yeah, and actually the the family also uh, had a Bigfoot sighting, but they didn't know it was Bigfoot. So that was that was yeah. pretty cool because they were just describing it as another paranormal event and it ended up being you know bigfoot sighting um, well th- this is the question about what what arises in these cases and that's why early on um, I don't know really first put me on to it but back in the late 70s I started to say you know there there's, has to be more to it than the old classic interpretation of what this is and the more you look at these cases 
the more you find, I think, now some people can say, well, the, uh, the more you look, the more you're going to find, whether it's related or not, but we tend to think, and, and you generally agree with the sort of the, the fabulous four, the gang of four here <laughs> in the paranormal when it comes to this <laughs> yes. parallel world approach uh, as opposed to some of the classic spiritualist approaches. And uh, these things, you know, how is Bigfoot related to ghosts or how are UFOs related to this whole thing? And that started coming in for us about 2009. And I'm sure you, know, you get into that as well. And then there's the issue of the, of the base, if that's what it is. Someone, government or who, studying the, the, the forces behind this flap, which are, are allowing the events to take place, in our opinion. And that's a whole other story, some of which we don't even want to talk about yet. No, but, no not at all. <laughs> yeah, because strange things have happened to us. But uh, So are you going to deal with all... Because we feel a lot of the dots haven't been connected yet, so you're allowing for future books, I hope, as, as this case continues to develop. Oh, oh, sure. And uh, you're a and yet, good writer, I must say. Oh, thank you. And I'm you. a professional editor, so coming from me, I don't give those compliments easily. Wow. Yeah. So don't, no, no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm very humbled. Uh, yeah. Amazon reviews make sure you're humbled all the time. No. <laughs> Tell me about it. So Shane uh, and Ben, jump in here if you have any more questions, or if you have questions, you know, for for each other too. Oh, please. sure. Yeah. Um, w- I, I, it's funny because I'm working on the epilogue of our next book. And um, I'm trying to deal with something that we never talked about until we were on Coast to Coast AM. George Nury was interviewing us May 11th or May 16th, 2011. And Ben and I talked about each other. Should we spill the beans on this? Because I have always tried to be scholarly and act like I have a degree in philosophy and try to be feet on the ground and not get into anything that might seem psychic or mediumistic. I mean, Ben operates on another level, and he brings credibility to whatever he does, in my opinion. So when if we're going to go on national radio with 30 million listeners and say, well, actually, I've had these what might be called psychic perceptions ever since 1970 when I started working on this case in Connecticut, a different one, and all this stuff has happened, and communications, and and uh, burying them because I was afraid of my seminary superiors because I was studying for the priesthood at the time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Finally, uh, I'm putting this in a book, albeit at the end, because uh, you know only Nixon could go to China. Maybe only Eno could go to the what we refer to as the good world, which is that's another story go. we've talked about <laughs> that. So maybe, maybe, maybe not. But uh, Shane, you have many of the same, I think, perceptions and reactions to these areas, you know. And I don't like to use the word psychic because it's got too much baggage. But but you know where we're coming from, mm-hmm. you know. You just you're just aware. It's it's like intuition, and and again, I'm I'm no expert on it, but the way I like to refer to it is it's like intuition and association. Our minds always associate. You know, we see somebody as a similar facial pattern to somebody that we knew and trusted. Mm -hmm. We see them as a trusting individual. If you're somebody who has had experiences in the paranormal, uh, you might, you know, from what I'm told, and it seems rather than say like you said psychic because it has a lot of baggage it's 
is simply a function of your mind recognizing yeah, things that it's seen exactly. before. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with of course at a much deeper and, and yeah. you know more intuitive yeah. level. It's but. like you know when you've got a good understanding of how human characteristics are and psych, psych, you know psychology and all this other stuff, and and you get to read people when you meet them in person, and you can see certain uh, behaviors and whatever, and you get that feeling. Right, you you yeah. know kind of who they are and what they're about, and you yeah, can feel right. their emotion. It's the same thing when you go into one of these situations yeah impressions yep. I guess we yeah say. and yeah. you can feel the same even though they're not here in front of us you can still feel what was there before and what's even in different parallels and and um you pick up on that and uh this house has a lot of that going on it, it's it's um th- there wasn't a lot of negative it was a lot of just uh, uh just a lot of busyness you know it was like a rotating door mm. um there was things coming and going in and out um and you know when i first got there i, I pulled up and i i just had this in, uh, impression like um there was something about the land and i i just felt like this 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 land has a history i, I can tell there's something special about this this land but prior to um actually go in there um because I, I heard of the type of activity just you know you guys told me a little bit about it and i said you know what i i bet you there's water nearby and so i did i did a google mer- uh, map search and um there are three rivers that run towards the property and bend away from from that one one being more of a still water but um and it's actually called what still water pond it is. Oh, yeah. It is. yeah and um which i found a lot of um areas that i found that were cursed had still water nearby um where there was a lot of unexplained deaths and and this area has a lot of unexplained deaths suicides murders yeah um but then also in the area that um i feel a lot of these these uh visitors are coming and going from um have a river that kind of goes towards the house and bends away and that's what i've always found in my investigations that the most active ones had some kind of water body river stream that went towards the house and bent bent away right directed towards that property and that was the case so so i wasn't really surprised but um no in fact you wrote that on the on the map when you sent me something am i surprised no yeah i took a picture of it yeah i'm like um no and so we went there and and um so i definitely felt there was something special with the land um and we we did it we did the tour and didn't really get anything really solid and then we went into the workshop down in the basement and um and and i walked right into something and and i knew for sure there was something in that workshop area uh, which was actually the adjoining wall yeah. of the area that i think you ben and bill mm-hmm. all had an experience it was just four or five feet away from each other yeah. just yeah. on the other side yeah. of the wall and there was something right there and, and and it was strong and i've been doing this long enough and i'll tell you it was there was something for sure and i felt it and if i felt that it, it had to be strong because i don't have any of these yeah. <laughs> in natural intuitions well, that but side of the house where the living room is where the feet were seen from the ceiling and all these things are moving around on the couch and all this stuff was going all these strange uh what we re- believe are multiversal species mm. just passing through all the time that's that side of the house Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, th- that kind of matches up with, certainly with, with what we did. But when we began investigating beyond the property, because we always do that, and you find more the neighbors were having stuff. And Bill, you've been working on that. Yeah. And we got to a uh, the farm, a so-called abandoned farm, where the military activity was centered. So we believe, 
uh, and um, the strange in 2013 the strange thousands of square foot metal sheet appeared from an aerial photograph between two silos and now there's a brand new farm building and uh, we don't know maybe it's just a farm but there's no farm yeah. activity no animals and that's but, where, yeah there so. were there were those uh, uh, other witnesses uh that uh, the, yeah, the, yeah, that saw the military, military there, and sure. that oh, there yeah, was yeah. A, you know an underground yeah. base there, and uh, like right in the middle of the weird, weird the farm property. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's strange. And why would it be there? We feel that if they're going to research this, they have to go where the intersects are, where where the worlds combine, and that those can move. If you go to the old world to to, to the UK or Europe, you can find stone circles that are still energized, so to speak. I stood in one in Devonshire in, in 1989, and I saw this line of people who looked like, could have been just people, but they looked an awful lot to me like they were dressed in Elizabethan clothing, some on horseback and some not, and one thinks of the English Civil War in the 1640s. And uh, others, you go and there's nothing, you know, because they, they move. Paul Devereux was a guest of ours uh, who writes books on this. He was head of the Dragon Project uh, in the UK. And he said, you know, sometimes the energies the, the, were the reasons they built these, the ancients built these stone circles there, and sometimes the energy moves. And that would make sense. As a matter of fact, Mark D'Antonio, uh, yeah. you know, our... Well, we love Mark. We wish he was here. Yes, I know. Yeah. Our astrophysicist uh, friend, he had mentioned, uh, even not related to this, but just talking about energy in general. I mean, mm -hmm. we know that this is, you know, everything's constantly evolving and moving, and, and you know, the multiverse would be... Uh, those intersects would uh, would naturally be uh, fluid and moving too. Yeah. So, but Shane, you have uh, you certainly have the, some of the same impressions we get in certain places, you know, legitimate or not. We you know we get the same thing, and that that's really almost how I got interested in bringing you in with this because you were interested in the subject anyway, Ben. Well, I mean, I wasn't like every single talk you ever gave for like a very large portion of my life. Yeah, so you were indoctrinated <laughs> and brainwashed. Yeah, proved it. <laughs> so, but no, at first we started with a cousin, actually. And I wanted to see if, if blood relatives had the same kinds of reactions that we had. Maybe we're related. I don't know. Shane. But, uh, and sure enough, uh, our cousin Marshall, uh, we went to a library in Connecticut that had uh, a, a water uh, spontaneously materializing and dripping from the steps. The, the cellar steps it was indoors, and there was no source. And he was experienced in carpentry, looked at nothing. And uh, that had been going, and, and the wood never rotted, never deteriorated. Wow. And up in the attic of the library where the storage was, we had the same impressions of some, something going on, busy, as you say, and uh, that sort of thing. So then I said, well, you'd be interested in one of my sons would get involved, and when Ben was old enough, uh, my wife and I talked about it, and 13, there he was. Uh, this is one of the first, actually, the haunted policeman in Vermont was actually the first case because it was earlier that month. Yeah, but uh, this was essentially one of your first, and uh, Bill, you couldn't get over this picture of Ben as a oh uh, yeah, a, a, so a tiny wisp of a youth uh, with the video camera, the first video camera we ever used. A wisp, yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> anyway, but so, so it's uh, been a long time on this. Now, Shane, you set up some equipment. Um, and uh, you, you use more equipment than we do, mainly because we, we can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> so what, what did you pick up on cameras and recordings and stuff? Well, the reason why we did it, um, I brought it with me. In, in most of the cases, I don't, I don't bring equipment because um, most of the time it's someone needing help, so we don't need equipment to help them. Right, we just we will look at need, need our education and, and or their education and um, our understanding. And, um, but we had it there because, you know, the family that lives there, 
has a good handle on it. They're a good loving couple. They're the right uh, personalities for this home because uh, if it was dysfunctional, it could be really ugly. Um, but um, <clears throat> we, when we went down in that basement, we had the feeling in the workshop. So that's where I focused one motion um, camera that gets set off when it sees motion. And it takes we had to set up to do three pictures consecutively, two and a half to three seconds apart from each other. And so I aimed it towards the doorway of that workshop. Also looking at the the, the side um, walkout to the basement uh, because before we actually want backup says to retrieve that. I saw a man, probably about a little shorter than me, probably about five foot eight, five foot nine, dark hair, move from the left part of that door. If you're looking at the door from the inside, from the left to the right, I watched him walk probably four or five feet, and so, and then he he dissipated. So I said, we got to get a camera down here. We we went up, we got the camera, we came, we talked a little bit up there for maybe five minutes. We yeah. went back down, and that metal cabinet um, locker. The, the metal locker had had opened up, blocking the way to the workshop area. There's no way it did it on its own. Those hinges were very binding. And yeah, I tried it. It actually it it actually is held shut quite uh, quite nicely. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's not. You know, I opened it a bunch of times. It doesn't swing. There's no slant. It just it doesn't move. And you actually had and nobody like, was down there. Of course, you know it was just us. Right. You know? Had to keep a steady pressure on it, like a good ten pounds of pressure, just to shut it all away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, but it had been put in the place of that workshop to keep us kind of out of that area, which is where we felt it initially on my first visit. So we set a camera up, looking at both doorways, the exit and that doorway to the workshop, and it had been down there for about twenty minutes. So we we were already upstairs for a while. It wasn't us exiting or anything like that. Everything was kind of I took you know um, notice of, of the time and something had walked up behind the camera which caused a reflection in the in the the, the, the door, the door yeah. to go outside yeah. the exterior door and which was which has those the windows you know yeah and set it off on that so it took the first picture it got it got an image of what appears you know it's it's a very vague but um kind of look like it would have been like maybe a female with long hair bangs um that wa walked up behind the camera causing the reflection in the second picture two and a half seconds later it wasn't there a third picture wasn't there Tw that was 20 minutes after we set the camera up we left it down there for about an hour so it was definitely not one of us um we know that for sure so um you know i i try to like think of all kinds of things of what it could have been but one thing I do know I've been doing this long enough it was something that walked up behind the camera it wasn't on that window um, it wasn't in front of the camera it was behind the camera causing a reflection well I think that was proved because you got some pictures of me later <laughs> Actually, yes, I did. So, yes, I, yeah. yes, I was, I was being proactive in testing the theory, unbeknownst to me. But oh, so, yes. Bill, uh, talking about the, the book, The Haunted House Diaries, <coughs> coming in August uh, at, uh, from your able hand. Uh, when do you start chronologically in? the experiences in that house when does the book start down because the diaries go back many years so yes it, it's how do you how, how do you could you tell us all you can about what's in the book oh, without sure. giving away too much sure it uh, it starts when donna's a teenager and because um, they, they there's three generations of that family have lived in that house right yeah. right yeah Don, six, and i think it's six generations 
Um, Long because you know was, that that may be right. It was a general store. Yeah, in yeah. 1793. Yeah, and as far uh, back as anybody can remember, yeah. there were, there was phenomena there. Yeah. So um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No. 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 Um, and so it starts when Donna was a teenager. Although Donna does give you know the history of the house and and you know the family and how she was born and actually brought back right to that house. So to her, the paranormal was normal. I mean, you know, that's how she was growing up. It wasn't until she was staying at other people's houses for sleepovers that she realized how quiet yeah. all these other yeah. places were <laughs> compared to the house. This house is not um, quiet. And, and I remember when I first met Donna, she, um, of course, I had a, a copy of, you know, the original diary, but... Um, that she had typed out, but she had showed me the original entries because she wanted to make sure I knew that this is not something she just typed up all at once. That mm. this, these were things that were uh, that were written down over uh, you know these five decades, and they were on envelopes and yellow sheets of paper, and just you know just a pile of all these different papers with uh, uh, with all these different years, you know, from the 70s till till mm. well. Till now, she emails me with new things that happen, so the book kind of uh, okay. extends a little bit from time to time. Right. So. Okay, well, we're going to take our break, and uh, I believe we have a caller, but let's. Um, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Van Eno on WON 1240, streaming live on onworldwide.com in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley with eight feet of snow, but hey, we love it. So we'll be right back. Stick with us. And I'm inviting you to join YWCA Rhode Island, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for YW She Shines Radio, a program that celebrates the aspirations and accomplishments of women. For more information, visit sheshines.org. Owen Radio, Owen Okay, we'll, talk, we'll tell you about our charities later, right? Right at the moment, uh, Speak of the Devil, and she, in this case, will appear. It's Donna herself that we've been talking about on the line. Donna, welcome to that. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, and you know everyone in the room here. I don't know if you're watching on your computer because you're outside our listening area, but uh, there's we have Bill here. Uh, Hi, Donna. Paul, the author, Hi. And Shane Searway, and uh, Ben and myself. So um, Bill is just telling us about your experiences over the last five decades based on your diary, and uh, why don't you continue what he was saying? I mean... How did this uh, this pan out for you? I mean, w- w- was activity as constant as it is now? And uh, how old were you when it first began? Um, when I when it first began, I was probably just I would say under five years old. Um, I, you know, as I explained, my my parents had repeatedly gotten up and asked us if we were in their room, and then they would do a search of the house, and there would be nothing, and they'd actually wake my sister and I up to. Uh, you know, get after us for being out of bed and running up and down the hall and things, and we weren't doing it. And as far as um, consistent, yes, it's still going on. And I believe I stopped writing it down maybe, you know, around 2003. I, I'm not sure exactly, but, you know, as as Bill can tell you, I, I, it just keeps, it keeps going on. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, and these are all things you and I have talked about for years, but just for the sake of the audience here, the consistency or lack of consistency of the kinds of phenomena that have occurred. Uh, for example, I, I'm, I always get a kick out of the out of the, the boxy beings who kind of bounce by your. Uh, there's a lot of alliteration there, isn't there? Mm. Bounce by your windows at times, and, and are sometimes seen in the house. Uh, is that something since like '05, or is that something that goes back 
to when you were a that's, kid. No, that's more contemporary. That those are things that have um, have happened just since I met you. Um, and well, it, it's our it fault, seems it. like in, <laughs> it, we while we well no, I mean, but we we do have the regular. Um, ongoing type of thing, but yeah, again, it's evolved um, on and off into um, kind of more strange and bizarre occurrences where I'll see things that are I haven't seen before. Well, I remember the first time we visited. It was I believe it was August twenty fourth or twenty seventh, twenty o five. Ben was thirteen. Right. Bill can't get over that because we have a picture yeah. of Ben at the time, and now he's really old. But <clears throat> the um, Sitting in your, because you had a, a big table in the central room there, and right. uh, <clears throat> well, you could feel people walking behind you. I mean, this sort of, it was like a normal part of the day for several generations of uh, the distinguished uh, Randall slash Philly family. Uh, right, right. To, to whom I found out uh, we're related, as right, you know. Right, right. And uh, then the, the big thing I remember also from that, that first day, too, was, was the horse. And the horse keeps coming up, or a, a horse, or the horse says, because I was out on that wall, <clears throat> Ben was inside with you, but I felt that I heard uh, a horse and a rider slamming by great speed. I could feel the wind, and I could, but I couldn't see it. Right. And that was in the diary, too. So that was in the same thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. Shane outside felt uh, um, a train go by no, that's right. yeah, you said and that. Shane had not read the diary I, I yeah. asked him if he wanted to yeah. he said no I want to go in there you know clean without any thing and that's the first thing when he came in and said it and I was I, you know I, yeah. I was shocked I was and like, I recorded wow. uh, hooves I, I, yeah the horses you, yes you can too. hear oh, yeah, wait I haven't I haven't sent them to you guys yet but wait till you hear them. Yeah. yeah yeah a lot of evidence in this case including video evidence I don't didn't mean to Jump to that, but oh, that's, you know. Don't let it happen again. So, <laughs> behave yourself. But it's so. fascinating. Yeah. Well, exactly. But we, we I have, have somewhere. The issue. Th- this is the whole point of these multiverse, multiverse intersects that we see. Well, maybe there isn't any point to it, but it, it happens because you've got all these parallel things going on in different worlds, apparently, and they're they're occupying the same space, and the walls are thin. Which uh, I, one of the theories that I've heard that was expressed to me by an astronomer, among others, is that the galactic plane right now, in other words, our galaxy and the neighboring galaxies and the, and the super galaxy area, are f- pretty much flattened out. That only happens about every six or 106, well, let's see, about every 60 million years or so. And if I get my, have I have my numbers straight? And that, as I was explained to me, allows all sorts of electromagnetic energy to go flying around with nothing to stop it. And that can have strange effects, at least from our experience, on space-time, because it thins the boundaries of what physicists call brains, B-R-A-N-E-S. I guess that's short for membranes. And that's what simply is the boundaries of these worlds, where all sorts of stuff is going on. And um, it gets complicated when you have uh, entities, sometimes not friendly, who come through and try to feed off your energy, and, and our folklore calls them demons and evil spirits because we don't know any other way to explain it, or dead people or whatever. And they're not dead, they're just, you know, parallel worlds. So you're, you're, uh, you seem to be sort of a, in a grand central station there and grew up in one, Donna, uh, oh, I where, think, that, that I just think personifies so. this. Right, I, th- I think so. I think that's what it is. It's, um, and it's like I've stated in the past, it's just I wouldn't be living here now if I had a fear of it. Um, I don't have a fear of it. It's, to me, it's, it's extremely interesting, and it was more of a lifelong puzzle yeah. to find out exactly um, 
uh, you know, if we could put the pieces together, and that's why I continued to write it down and kind of search for answers, and, and now with with um, Bill and Shane and you and Ben and everybody on board, I really feel like, you know, maybe it'll put the, put it, not put an end to it, but in my own mind it'll settle kind of what's been going on. I can have a theory, I can have a, a different view of it maybe. Um, and that, that's all I've really been looking for through this whole thing is, is just basically answers. And I had told Shane when he came, um, the house was built in 1790, 1793, and that was the first piece of electronic, really serious electronic equipment that had ever been in here. Mm. So it was exciting for me to hear actually what was going on that I had been saying for years. I've heard, I've heard, you know, I've used my, you know, cheap little tape recorders, and I've heard, and I've heard. And this this defines it more. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I trust that stuff in, in Shane's hands. Uh, yeah, I think Shane's insight is going to give you, Donna, you know, what you've been looking for. Yeah. Oh, excellent, excellent. Comment, Shane? Yeah. <laughs> Seeing as you're in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you know, we definitely have a good team going here. Um, I think uh, the best understanding of the mechanics of how this all takes place um is is sitting right here in the studio and and you guys are wonderful people who've handled this very well and um you know the property is a dream come true for us and you guys are just uh, people are are dream come true to work with so it's 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 awesome and um the equipment there's so much equipment out there that's junk um there's equipment that is you know useful but you um junk in the wrong hands and and um the audio equipment that I have that I recently got my hands on is one of a kind and and um it it just works unlike others and and um and so we're still going through it i got um I got the help of a friend of mine who's probably the world's best e v p specialist um and I'm not the only one that would would deem him that mike sullivan mike sullivan yeah he's he's fantastic and uh he's he's going through some of it also like i've gone over it i've kind of pulled some stuff out he's gonna he's going over the same stuff and i look forward to see what he pulls out but um we're, we're gonna he's actually excited because he he said he heard some stuff in there that was just extremely awesome so I, oh that's great yeah, yeah. can't well, wait to see what he yeah well for, for those who i may not know evp stands for electronic voice phenomena and it's it's big now in investigations and things that will uh be recorded on uh, media, digital media. I don't think anybody uses tape anymore. We used to use tape, and I've and never I, like I I when this. Of course, it's been around for a long time. EVP. They've been doing it since so what the fifties, sixties, seventies. Seventies it started to get real popular, but um, I never really put much stock in it and, and, and until I actually did it um, or had experience in it. But when Mike Sullivan came to me in the early. Uh, it was probably like 2002, 2003, and, and asked if he could work with me and get in on some cases with me. I said, sure. So he was actually getting recordings that were calling him by his name, calling me by, you know, we, he, we got some that had my name in it. Uh, they were commenting on what we were doing, and it was one or two of the particular recorders that he has that that is responsible for this. And, and I won't say what they are, but they're... Uh, they're outstanding and um so it really changed my thought on that because there's so many sound waves out there my guitar i've said this before my guitar amplifier used to pick up cb radio so there's sound waves that could be picked up and i thought that that, that's what evp was but um not not the case these things there's something there that that's being picked up with the right equipment so ben uh you 
just got your degree in audio engineering and you have opinions on EVPs, as do I. Uh, Some is on audio post-production. Right. It's, it's different. So if you were doing uh, the next um, Tim Burton movie or something and they had poltergeists and, and nasty boxy guys jump by windows at Donna's <laughs> house, well, how would you interpret uh, EVPs that said Shane's name? Uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of weird areas about it that I just don't understand enough to say say my opinions on. I what really really wants what really would make it awesome for me is if I figured out how it worked mm. because well, everybody else would like to know that. Well, I mean, it's it's just a, a, a disturbance of air molecules, but how you know? Yeah, well, if these are so-called spirits, how, how do you do that without vocal cords? How do you disturb the air? And this kind of thing. Well, I, I mean, I there's 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 ways to do it. I mean, if you have um, uh, uh, two two sound sources or two 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 sources of, of like ultrasound or something, um, each there there's an equation to it. One of one of my former professors was explaining this to me. If you have two sources of ultrasound, one being like 150 megahertz, and then another one being 100 megahertz, then if those two cross and meet, they'll create the difference between the two, like that exact like sound. So it would be like 50 hertz. It would make that a 50 hertz tone, like a perfect. So there tone. are ways. There are well, I guess, but yeah. I mean, you'd have to have something that has enough like energy to generate an ultrasound. So the entity or whatever would have to have a degree in uh, <laughs> audio engineering and uh, post production. Well, no, I mean, I it might I, be easy to get in that multiverse. So. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but it's, it's a little expensive in this one, though. Yeah. It's it's just odd to me because I want to figure out how it works but I don't know enough about physics to say that well, you're with the right guys right or wrong one yeah. way or another but so, in, you know. in the case of the one the EVPs that we got we weren't present these recorders were set by themselves that were set off by by noise and mm -hmm. we weren't in the presence of those recorders but nobody else was either well, that's they, true. they were yeah. by themselves so and it's in the middle of nowhere there but we yeah. I did I've been there twice before and both times I heard a voice of a of a girl talking first time I could make out what she said second time I couldn't quite um, we all heard it built out it might have been yeah. uh, Bob's stomach growling but we had just, <laughs> we had just eaten pizza so that was a you know a joke but uh, it was a good theory yeah, yeah. <laughs> voice yeah. no I'm not, I'm not saying you didn't get anything <laughs> Yet, I haven't had a chance to listen yeah, to it. We oh no, I, I know exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's I I want to take a look at it, and I have I have a couple of programs I can use where I can actually look and see like where the waves are, like mm -hmm. what their frequency is. If it's like a human voice, like you can tell, it's usually like in a certain certain range on the dynamic spectrum, anywhere between one um, kilo, like one kilohertz or one or one thousand hertz or whatever, one kilohertz, and then like around five kilohertz depending on how high-pitched your voice is. Um, if it's around there, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just want to figure figure out why it does that. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not skilled enough to say one way or another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Okay, well, Donna, another question here. Uh, as, as we got beyond your, your house, which we sort of, for purposes of investigation, associated with one point, point one, as it were, of a triangle, Right. Uh, we moved on to point two, which was the farm we discussed, and then uh, point three, and we were led to these large areas by experiences that were being had, not just by you, but by a lot of people in the area, uh, UFO sightings, things of this kind. Can you talk a little, about, a little bit about that and how you yourself discovered that this covered a wider area than just your property? 
Well, you know, we have a, um, we used to have a local, um, oh, it was like a chat, a city chat, a citywide chat. And every once in a while, someone would come on and they would um, make a comment, oh, did you see that last night in the sky? And three or four people would go on and say yes, and then a few other people would go on and call them crazy. But, you know, I personally have had um, friends who have seen things in the sky. I personally, my daughter and I, have seen something in the sky, and it was very close and it was very definite, and I actually reported it to um, where Mark D'Antonio um yeah, the mutual UFO Lufa. network. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I reported it there. Yes, and that that same day, someone north of us, up by Springfield, Massachusetts, had gone on read my post and said that's exactly the same thing that we saw coming from the area where they saw it leaving. Um, and there had been a, uh, I guess what you call a flap down um, along Route Eight down down the valleyway. Yeah, and there's quite a bit of activity in in our area as far as. Oh, people hearing things, seeing things. Um, people have actually moved from their apartments and things because they they were uneasy or they've seen things or things have come yeah, I talked to across. two of them, yeah. Right, exactly. And um, also my niece who lives down in Plymouth, she was having an issue down there. So, I mean, it's, it's in my daughter's house, my daughter's own house, is, she's having some issues there. And, and it's Plymouth, Connecticut, not Plymouth, Mass. People no, around Plymouth, here think Plymouth, Mass. But, yeah. Right. So, you know, and, and there is a lot going on. People are hesitant to talk about it. Um, I was hesitant to talk about it. My family was hesitant to talk about anything too, and um, I just I just wanted to say, um, you know, be, before the time is up, that this this journal would normally have sat in a bureau until I passed on, and somebody probably would have found it and threw it away. But uh, you know, meeting you, meeting Ben, and then certainly Bill and Shane, and they go into it with such a professional attitude. They're not like ghost hunters. They don't come in like on the TV shows. They're, they're, they mean business. They're serious. And they're very professional. And I like the fact that they came into it with a skeptic's point of view. Um, you know, they, they came in with an open mind. And, and that's why I, I finally released this, um, mm-hmm. you know, because of the way it's being, you know, being done. Yeah. I was, yeah. I'm happy with the way it's being done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much. Well, I wouldn't have brought them in if I didn't trust them, and they're they're, they're the best. So, and so are you. As a matter of fact, I, one of the reasons I think we haven't uh, ever fo- ever in all these years found anything that we thought was negative, as in the parasites we often talk about on the show, is because right. you and Bob and your family are just so, so fun. The house is full of love. It's a happy house, despite happy all, all the circus, you know, stuff that's yeah. going on. You know, right. that's because you're related to us. We didn't. We never even knew that until <laughs> yeah, you know, like halfway funny. through the thing. <laughs> but um, it's you know, but but you know, should uh, Charles Manson and his new young wife move into your house? I mean, it's all over. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, well, it, certainly, you part of the too, mix there. We had a, we always had a hefty a hefty concern, um, and, and right from the beginning, we just never attempted to contact anything, raise that's anything up. Very um, wise. We just look at it. Sometimes we're absolutely shocked and ready to fall on the floor. You gather yourself and you just keep going, because once you once that fear comes out, um, it I, I think that makes it worse. So that's yeah. been a general thing here. Mm-hmm. And Ed Lorraine Warren of of Conjuring fame were involved in this case very briefly. Uh, Could you tell us when that was and, and what happened with that? Oh gosh, well, I'm trying to think of the year it was, but my my you know my memory doesn't serve me right at the moment. But they did come in, and um, 
we had gone, to, uh, my son and I or someone had gone to a lecture up at UConn, and we, uh, we talked, spoke with them afterwards, and they were interested, and they came in, and, you know, Lorraine went door to door in the bedrooms, and she basically said a lot of the same thing you said, you know, I, I can feel, you know, it's just a heavy, everybody's here at the same time. Um, it, it's like you can't wade through the air sometimes for the feeling that there's just so much here. So she, they always called it Ghost Central. Um, <laughs> You know, they came in, and they, they were very, very pleasant, very nice people. Um, and they they went to room to room, and she said basically that, you know, there was someone having difficulty breathing in this room, and I knew exactly who she was talking about, and I hadn't told her. And, um, you know, they, they quelled our concerns a little bit, you know, and uh, but there was no resolve. I, I don't think there's ever going to be a resolve. But well, maybe there's nothing be, to resolve. It, it, right. may, it may be just that's the way it is. That, that's what I'm starting That's to the background believe. of the existence of our whole race and planet, I think, really. That's it right. Just, it's just... It, it is what it is. Yeah, know? yeah. I remember in that in that very, I can think of that very bedroom, the one in the corner of the house on the side where all the stuff yep. activity seems to be. Ben and I, we, we were in there the first time we were there in 05, and uh, we felt heavy and almost dizzy. Yeah, you know, that's you the same that? room. Yeah, it was yes. brutal. Yeah. Yep, same room. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And um, th- there you have it. So uh, what's uh, what's going on now? Is there still the uh, what appear to be the black helicopters and the military activity that we feel might be involved in researching these particular intersects or forces that are? Uh, well, there has been um, there has been helicopter activity um, into the late fall, um, quite a bit of it. Um, you know, daily I would say uh, sometimes two, sometimes three. Um, sometimes I don't always make out make it outside to see by the time it goes over our yeah. house. But um, there was quite a bit of activity, um, and they all go in that direction. They head up that way. But, of course, the mountain is there. You can't see where they're going after they get there. But then it let off a little bit when, when cold weather set in, and it, it's just I haven't seen anything at least since um, probably around Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's it's been pretty quiet. Um, and this time of year, I'm you know with the snow and everything, I'm sure you could maybe hear it better. The air is a lot clearer. But I just either I just you know I haven't heard it or I haven't been outside. And the windows are open more anyway. You hear you tend to hear it be able to get outside faster when you know when it's warmer out anyway. Well, the odd thing is, is as I say, the farm now as of last year has a brand new building in between the two silos that weren't weren't touched except to be painted. And uh, but there's uh, there are no farm vehicles that I've ever seen or animals or anything like that. And uh, do you have any news on that? I mean, we, we had well, I did I did find out that it has the same name as that other farm that, yes, that you checked th- that out. Yes, that struck me as very odd. It has the same name. They're a mile apart, a mile or so as a crow flies apart. And I also found um, that there is a military installation by the same name. Oh, really? that I didn't know. Yeah, so without bringing it up um, yeah. on air, um, if you have the name of the farm, you can look up the military installation. Oh, I did, we did talk about that. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, Bill's, I just uh, found ferociously that. writing notes here. <laughs> <laughs> I just found, that, We're heading I just found that very coincidental, you know, to me. I just found it coincidental. Well, having but. been in the military, there are no coincidences, I don't think, you know. Right, right. But, uh, so we continue to investigate that, and... Uh, Bill, how much of that does your book uh, take in? I don't want to disturb your note writing. But what, uh, how much of this uh, this other this this sort of beyond the 1793 farmhouse part of the case are you going to approach in this in this book as opposed to future books? Um, it, you know, as much evidence as uh, I was able to gather 
Uh, um, that's that's yeah, the lance. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, and uh, so that that consists of uh, abduction, missing time incident, jeez, uh, mm-hmm. disappearing house, phantom road crash. Yeah. You know, so there's yeah. there, there's some uh, uh, you know there's some good uh, evidence in there, and yeah. then in the diary there's some chapters that are. Uh, kind of expand it because uh, they deal with incidents that are you know a little bit more comprehensive. Yeah. Uh, I I'm not going to spend a lot of time on uh, you know things like Yankee Peddler Inn or so you know things yeah, yeah. things that are more you know um, may or may not be real more urban yeah, legendy yeah. you know yeah, I don't want to yeah. put a bunch of stuff in there I can't verify so I'll be Very dealing yes. I'll be dealing with you know the more documented uh, Bigfoot mm-hmm. sightings and yeah. and uh, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, and again, we feel that this, the, these are all connected because of the same processes, the same thinning membranes that indicate that something like this is going on. Now, I will say, if Ben doesn't mind, uh, when we were the day we discovered point three, uh, we were across from this farm at, at, a, at a very odd kind of brick building, which had a, a, an antenna painted in the uh, contrasting colors you would have near or by an airport. And there is no airport that, that is used. There is a, a small private airport near there, but it's, as far as we were able to find out, it's, it's unused. So where these craft are coming from and going, we don't know. Uh, and there was um, a feeling on Ben's part that there was research going on to use, if, for lack of a better term, portals or the intersects that they knew all about, whether they be the government or some company or whatever, uh, who might have been behind the military activity, whether it was the army or, or private contractors, military contractors, we're still trying to find out. But that that, that was going on, and that there were um, was research of that type going on to generate power uh, from that. I tended to think that even if that's possible, uh, wouldn't we love to weaponize the paranormal and and these these multiversal forces? And heaven only knows what could happen. If, if you mess with that stuff, it's like messing with any other part of nature. Oh, you know, yeah. We don't know what the byproducts are going to be, and we always mess it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, very, yeah. Yeah, we're really good record. at that. So who yeah. knows? So that might be what you're sitting in the middle of, Donna, but we don't know. Uh, and we're going to continue to research that and see what we, do we come up with. So, Shane, uh, some further comments, because uh, we're coming toward the end of the show. And uh, what's your next step as an investigator uh, working with, hopefully, all of us here? I want to definitely get back there um, and spend more time and 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 be more open. Like you know, we we've gone there and, and meeting them. It's awesome. It's a, it's, a, it's like a party because there's such awesome people and <laughs> yeah. and you know just the, the laughing and the talking and and um, and and stuff like that. But I want to go there and um, and I've been going through a, an employment issue too. So um, um, you know, struggles at work, I should say. So. Um, you know, my mind wasn't all all the way in it, but I want to get there and kind of open up and uh, and feel it a little bit better. But what I've experienced there is is tremendous, and um, I've seen things coming and going, um, felt it, seen it with my own eyes, heard it. Uh, we took two pretty good pictures that I don't think can be debunked by anybody. And Not even Mark, is our, <laughs> yeah. our, our, our beloved brother, but our killjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and both were set in areas that I had a strong feeling, and that's why I put them in those areas. And and, um, and, and I'm not surprised by what I captured in each one of them, um, because it, it was a very likeness of, of kind of what I was feeling. And then... Um, 
and, and just hearing the, the noise too at, at night when everyone else fell asleep, I was laying there awake and I heard I heard like like a a, coin, a large coin or a wedding band or something. It was it almost sounded like a ring or a coin drop. That, that's happened before, right, Donna? Yeah, drop right by yeah. my. And yeah. It, and I could hear it just I, I'm surprised no one didn't wake up. And then it sounded like a turkey roaster pan, like a tin. You gotta look at the audience being, you had. Yeah. That was Don in a parallel, parallel universe dropping the turkey on Was being kicked around the kitchen and, and I'm surprised that didn't wake everyone up, but that was very loud. Um I just experienced so much the the girl the little girl saying, um, you know, I just wanted to go outside and play. I heard that through with my own ears on the other side of a door. I mean, experienced so much there, so I can't wait to get back there and, and like I said, most of the time I I get called out because I, I need to help get rid of something. And this time, uh, they, they just handle everything so perfectly that I, I don't think they're in, in harm's way at all yeah. because they're, they're, they're going to have that rotating door. There's going to be things coming and going, but there's not, not going to be anything negative drawn to them because there's nothing that, that they're bringing yeah. in with any negativity. Yeah, I, I tell people it's not as... It's not really scary. It's just more fascinating. Yeah, the diversity, kind of, of visiting it. with the neighbors, kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> just very quickly, uh, Shane and and Bill, give your websites and uh, Shane. Why don't you give your website? People can find out more about you. Trugos.com, T-R-U-E-G-H-O-S-T.com, um, and you can go there. Um, and there's a brief history about me. There's um, and con- contact information. Okay, great. And Bill, tell us the name of the book, when it's coming out, where people can get it, and uh, your website, too. Yes, it's uh, The Haunted House uh, Diaries. It'll be out uh, August of uh, this year. And uh, you can find me at hauntedhousediaries.com, worldsmosthauntedhouse.com, or williamjhallauthor.com. Outstanding. (laughs) Gentlemen, thank you. Donna, thank you so much. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Yes, we will, I hope. Great, great All discussion. Right. Thank you, Donna. Okay. Thanks, Donna. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, so we'll get to our announcements. Ben, if you would do the honors. Indeed. So you can visit our show website. That is at BehindTheParanormal.com. With nearly 600 free podcasts and past shows from both Owen 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And you can find my books on Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, The Usual Suspects, Barnes & Noble Nook. If you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, I will sign them for you, and you will help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our websites, you'll find direct links to various charities Ben and I have adopted, including USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, and Youth Mentoring Connection, YMC, in Los Angeles, doing great things for at-risk youth, youthmentoring.org. So uh, there we go. Okie doke. So next Monday, that's uh, February 23rd, here on ON1240 and ONWorldwide.com, we will welcome West Virginia investigator and author, is that Tanya? Tanya yeah. Bowman? Yeah, you know Tanya. Tanya Bowman. Yeah. I did not know her name was spelled that way. That's why it confused me. Uh, discussing, <laughs> dis- discussing, discussing the uh, mystery of Indrid Cold. Uh, her father was the uh, model for the character Gordon Smallwood in the movie The Mothman Prophecies. Very good movie if you've never seen it. And it uh, there are some uh, local connections to northern Rhode Island. We must be weird because most of, that was a flop, and I, I thought it was fantastic. Me too. It was Richard it was Gere yeah. was well known here in one yes. side. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was Richard great. Gere is like a phenomenon because he's in all these movies that flop, but he's a good actor. It's a <laughs> oh, yeah. well, they, he made he made the movie Hachi right here in one socket. Yeah, yeah, he fell in love with one socket. Yeah, the the whole scene with yeah. yeah, the yeah. scene oh, really? at the end of our street. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, fascinating story. Okay. Well, anyway, we uh, leave you this evening with a simple but profound thought from American author and radio. Pro- 
personality Garrison Keillor, if I can get the words out, <laughs> quote, a book is a gift you can open again and again, unquote. I like that, huh? I do. It's almost as good as the uh, squirrel at the dog show. Your voice isn't yeah. putting everybody almost. to sleep, so you're not Garrison Keillor. Right, that's right. Anyway, I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.